everyone. Today our guest is Andrzej Abrauskas, and he's a pioneer of improvisation theater in Lithuania, entrepreneur, and also a co-founder of Godapotso Method, which is a fun and playful way to teach communication. Hi, Andres. Hi. Um, I'm very excited. And before we start, I wanted to tell everyone that both Andres and I are Lithuanians. So there may be sometimes in our conversations, little breaks where we may want to check what is the translation of a certain word from Lithuanian to English. So don't be surprised. All that is simply so we could have the best conversation and you could understand the meaning of our words. Andrus, I would be very excited to hear about you. Could you tell us about yourself? I'm 65 years old, nearly. My first occupation is an actor. Second one is a lecturer and creator of seminars and, uh, and teacher. So now I'm more lecturer than, than an act. Uh, my theme is communication, how to communicate with yourself and others. Uh, my main tool is uh, improvisation, but uh, also I am in, interested in, in psychology, that psychology connected uh, with the Godopoko game is uh, nonviolent communication. And I think that uh, nonviolent communication in these times is a very important thing. Could you tell a little bit how did you find that communication is your main theme? I think that step by step. Uh, I'm introvert by by nature. Uh, I'm feeling good when I'm alone. But maybe that other part of myself I, I, I develop. Because uh, after, after I graduate, uh, my degrees was very low, and I I go to the theater just because I have no way to go. But I think that was the right uh, place for me to go, and uh, through the theater, I I've learned a lot uh, how to communicate and so on. And uh, improvisation, especially improvisation, opened me like a door to communication. When you are not afraid of uh, making mistakes, when you are curious and not preparing a lot for the interaction, are you really listening? Are you really seeing another person and improvising? Uh, it's a great pleasure. It makes me more free to communicate. And uh, then I decided to, to to teach improvisation, not only uh, actors, students for acting, but also in, in different uh, circumstances, different contexts. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. I, I also honestly did not know that you were introvert by nature. It's... It's fascinating because, you know, listening to your communication, also having a conversation with you, I would not, I don't think I would be able, you know, to tell that. You know, uh, and when I was young, I didn't go to 
to blackboard to in the school, you know, to to stay in the in front of others because it was uh, has a phobia of sta stage fright phobia. Yeah, and I just didn't go. I just say uh, haven't learned or get bad degrees, bad bad marks. But the theater and especially improvisation helped me to to overcome that right and now I'm teaching public speaking too. But it's such a putting yourself out there, right? Because improvisation is I mean, you, you, you don't follow a plan, right? Everything is happening on the spot. So this is like the most you could put yourself out there. How did you find the courage to do that? Step by step. You know, in the, in the theater, improvising with my colleagues and then after, afterwards with students, uh, it's step-by-step step experience, by experience. When I teach, uh, the students uh, often tell that it's impossible not to think ahead. It's impossible. And it's really, at first, it, uh, it, it looks like impossible, but uh, after a while, they experience that pleasure not to think ahead. For example, if you have a feeling that you will deliver it, you will deliver it, and the feeling, it goes to the words and through the words goes out. Yeah. Without preparation. Because if you, if you, for example, you have a feeling and you are preparing, it, it goes to your head. Feeling is in the heart and, and the thoughts are in the head, and the head is cold and the heart is hot. And during that preparation, the life is going on and everything changes and your feeling is getting colder and so on and so on. And you are not spontaneous then. The preparation uh, make worse your performance. I can resonate very deeply because I have myself a high-functioning autism. And I always struggled with my communication when I was growing up because I feel emotions very deeply. I cannot put them in the words. And I also have, you know, like hundreds of thoughts in my head that I cannot arrange in, in, a, in a manner that would be understandable for other people. And actually, now when you told about how you, you know, how you started, it resonated so deeply because it feels that I also use this method in overcoming my own struggle because the way I started to communicate better is that I stopped thinking what I'm going to say. Before, I would come and, you know, okay, I, I, I must, you know, write down, I must plan, okay, these are major things I, I have to tell because otherwise I know I will freeze. And it was always like, you know, this talk, but it's not... It's not very nice, right? It's uh, you come like a robot, you know, prepared, and that is that. And I only broke away from that when I started to, you know, when I have to talk with the person, I stand up and talk. I started to just, okay, tell people, oh, this is how I'm feeling right now. Mm -hmm. And then everything that comes to my mind, you know, in, in some automatic way, without preparation. And that was a big breakthrough. So I can so much relate to what you're saying from my personal experience as well. It's, yeah, it's incredible. And because uh, uh, in improvisation, you have to be uh, empty-headed. And then in that emptiness comes 
thoughts on the spot because the nature doesn't like emptiness and the thoughts comes and you are empty you are you are listening to the person you are listening you are empty you are getting information and then you can answer what you see what you hear or what you feel um had a place to come to your head and there's a place but if you are thinking ahead you don't allow other persons uh, speaking to come to you it's busy it's and how do you say did you say that and a lot of thoughts a lot of thoughts it's very busy in the head so it's not so easy to to empty the head to make it uh, empty but it, it, it helps when you really listen if you're really curious when you forgot yourself I think I think even uh, uh, happiness is when you forgot yourself when you for, forget yourself then you're happy at that moment I'm teaching because when I'm teaching I, I forget myself my task is to deliver information so I I have to see my my students all the time see how they are they are getting information a lot, so I'm, I'm forgetting at that moment myself. That's beautiful. Would you agree if in that moment you're also more real? You know, when you have no place for the preparation and it's you in the moment, it's like the real you, you know, is out there. Yes, I do agree, because then you're authentic when you forget yourself, because we wear a lot of masks. And uh, it's quite difficult to to put them down because they are part of us. But when we forget ourselves, the masks uh, drop down. And then you are authentic. And Andrus, you're doing quite a, a, a bit of teachings, right, about uh, what does it mean to be yourself. Could you elaborate a little bit to everyone? What does it actually mean, being yourself? Uh, it's, it's, it's quite uh, quite big theme. Uh, I can tell just that, like like we were speaking before, it's when you forget yourself. Then you are. What that means, you are. You are authentic, you are without masks, then you become more beautiful. I teach by practice, you know, and uh, when comes people to my um, class, they are uh, similar. After a while, then they forget the, themselves and the, and, the, and the play and the games and the, and the practice, they forget. They allow them to be uh, uh, as they are, uh, not good, not bad, but as they are, they forget, and then they they become different. It's like a black and white at first, and then colors appear. You know, they are different. They are different. They accept each other's differences. They are not afraid to be. They blossom. They blossom. They 
accept uh, themselves and, and accept others, others different, not uh, better or worse, but different. After they become authentic, they add to each other something. Like uh, complementing each other, right? Yeah, co yeah complement. And I feel that also playfulness is uh, having a big role in this, right? In, in removing maybe people's fears and in, you know, stepping out and showing their real self. Would you agree that playfulness is very important here? Yeah, yeah. Like uh, Marshall uh, Rosenberg, the creator of nonviolent communication, said, don't do anything that isn't play. Don't do anything that isn't play. Are serious, very serious things when you do. You can do it with that with a play, playfully. Yes, I, I totally agree, and it's much more enjoyable and, of course, relaxing. So you're not as afraid to actually show your true self in a setup like that. Yes, and when you are not afraid to show what is inside you, what your thoughts, what your feelings, what your beliefs, and so on. If you are not afraid to make mistakes, then your performance uh, is better, and then uh, and then uh, you make less mistakes. Yes, <laughs> I, I totally agree. Uh, why do you think, Andrus, in general, why are we afraid to express our emotions? We are afraid to express them because uh, we have got experiences some some day in childhood or in youth. We experience that when we express emotions, we get uh, bad reactions, and uh, and then we feel unpleasant. unpleasant experiences, we suffer. And then we wa don't want to, to get uh, that suffering again. And then we keep that emotions inside, we don't show them. Don't speak about them. Maybe we were told, don't show me your emotions. When you grow up, then you can do whatever you want. But now shut up and sit down. Yeah? I think because of that, and uh, for example, if we, uh, when we are young, we are spontaneous. And then we are taught to seven times measure, then cut. We have to prepare. We don't have to be spontaneous. And if a little boy uh, at first has a lot of questions, he has question inside and he puts it out. Uh, what is it? What is it about? How it works? And so on. But when a uh, teacher, grown-up, uh, Tell him think before asking a couple of times, and then he stops asking spontaneously. Then, then he thinks, and uh, after thinking, maybe they don't ask. Yes, I can, I can relate very much to that, Andres, because I grew up in a family there. We had to learn later how to express emotions. When I was a child, it was not really something we would usually do. 
And when I started traveling, I, I remember one of my first countries I visited was Portugal. And, you know, I land there and I was volunteering in, in, in a farm and this owner comes to me and hugging, you know, so many emotions. And I froze. I was like, what, what is happening here? <laughs> and I spent, you know, with them, like, I, I remember two or three weeks fascinated, observing how they would, you know, express every single emotion. It took a bit to process, you know, how freely they were expressing the emotion. So I can relate so much because I, I came indeed from, from the environment that I was like, okay, you just keep it for yourself. And to see someone expressing so freely, you know, all the range of emotions was fascinating for me, really. Yeah. Um, how do you think Andrew's emotions affect our well-being? What is their relationship? When emotions are not uh, expressed, they stay inside, inside you, because it's chemistry. And if you don't express them, don't speak about them, they're there, inside, and they gather more and more, more and more. And after, after, after some time, they are bad, not only for psychological health, but also for the body, for the body even. You know, we do um, very often uh, assumptions. We assume, but we, we, we can't see emotions and thoughts, but we assume. The brain is uh, is made to assume all the time, to predict. Yeah. And if we assume, for example, that uh, that person is uh, angry, you say something and he's uh, from expression, facial expression, you think that he's angry. Yeah. And you then act on this assumption, your assumption, you speak to him like he is angry, but um, but he's not angry. For example, he is afraid. Different thing, or maybe he is not angry and not afraid. He is uh, thoughtful. He thinks something. He is kepushitia, um, antiki. Uh, eyebrows. eyebrows. Eyebrows, you know, they're down and he's thinking, just thinking. Yeah. So when you express, I can say you you make your eyebrows like this and uh, maybe you're angry and she can't say something. No, 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 I'm, I'm thinking. It's very interesting what I'm talking about. So when we express our thoughts and feelings, then we better understand each other and uh, there is less problem then and the life becomes much easier in interaction and more harmonious yes i i totally agree and just with that and and looking back at what you have mentioned, if we grew up in an environment where expressing emotion was not something that was welcome, 
what what could you advise to to people who experienced that maybe you know for years over and over they were in environments where expressing emotions were not really welcome how can they start little by little to do that i can understand it it may be you know fearful and frightening to 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 start that what could be those baby you know little steps for them to start expressing the emotions yeah then the that's a good uh, you you say that is step by step that step by step it's a really good thing because um, it's difficult to change habits and if it's a habit not to express emotions it's also a habit it's difficult to to change the habit at first you have to catch to catch that a little 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 feeling which uh, arises in your chest to witness it it's a very small it's a very subtle at first you don't hear them the emotions speaking to you but when you consciously witness its appearing when it is small then you can calmly express it just just uh, Calmly. For example, you know, when you when you do that, I feel a little bit uh, irritated. And just uh, just a little bit. There, I don't uh, blame that person because uh, nobody can uh, make you emotionally. You make it yourself. It's only stimulus what other person do or, or say. So if you say, you know, when you do that, I worry a little bit, just without any demand, just just saying what it is. But first to to see, to see, to observe emotion arising in you, because often we grow that emotion, we grow until we can't stand it. Then we express it in, in a different form. Like 20 years was, you know, like, like uh, their marriage 20 years, and then the husband uh, one day said, you know, I'm leaving. Why? Because you do like that, you do this, you say this, you are, you are, it's impossible to be with you. But 20 years, he, he was growing better. We need to share our emotions and thoughts to better understand each other. When you don't express it, becomes bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's only a question of time. When will it explode? Because it will. Yes. You can suppress maybe for years, etc. But it has to go out somehow. And then you can have occasions where after 20 years, I can't stand you. <laughs> You know, because the, all of this was simply accumulating inside. And what what is happening now in the world is, you know, it's a lot of emotion. There's no logic now. When emotion, emotions explodes, then it's not to solve something. It's only just to uh, explode. Yeah. We have to solve problems uh, when emotions are and small ones when feelings are not uh, 
not big ones. Then you can think, you can understand, your brain is clear, and you can solve problems. But when they're so accumulated, now the reason can't help. My friend made a comment also that oh, what is happening in the world? <laughs> like this is crazy. Like what is happening? And I I remember that indeed this was what I said. What is happening is now was always there. It was accumulating to the moment of explosion. What we see now is that explosion. Yes, and that's uh, really crazy because when emotions are accumulating too much. They like a fog, like a clouds. When human being is uh, uh, very emotional, he's crazy. So crazy times. I would love that you could share this perspective as well, how to neutralize the crazy emotion. But when someone is attacking you with anger, etc., whatever is the, the emotion, how can you neutralize it? Mm. Uh, at first, by not participating in that attack, just listening, yeah, just listening, and not participating, not getting back. Because in conflict, you need two participants. If, for example, one is emotional and he starts to attack you, then your task is not to become emotional. He he's active, and you have to be passive to listen to listen uh, what he's uh, what he's saying and trying to understand uh, what is beyond uh, what need he has, what need uh, uh, is not uh, satisfied with, well, what he's speaking about, what he's talking about. Just listen. Yeah and trying to understand. Of course, if that emotion was accumulating for, for a long time, it's uh, maybe you have to listen <laughs> very long. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes, uh, sometimes there are situations when it's impossible to solve, better to separate in such a way. beautifully said because indeed if you don't give any more reasons to continue the emotional attack then it's like yeah what do you do <laughs> right so the one inflicting this this you know huge negative emotion feels like okay i don't get any response and that negative emotion wants that response right okay attack me back so i can fight more you know <laughs> Because then, then we can have a proper conflict. But if you don't receive the response, well, that's that. It's like uh, one person, uh, uh, he, he attacked you like he want to solve the problem. You did that wrong, you want to solve the problem. But unconsciously, you don't want to solve the problem at that moment. You want to explode. You want to explode. You want to to join you to that explosion, and then you separate, not uh, not solving the problem, but getting a little bit uh, calm of it because you explode. You 
you throw those emotions out. In situations like two people speaking, not not speaking about the the world, com the complexity of the world now, but but for example, in uh, there comes a guy to the back, and uh, he's an old one, and he become attacking the employee. It's written everything very complicated. Understand? You you can do this simply, and and you are. Bastards, you're stupid, and so on, so on. So he was attacking, and the banker was listening empathetically. And after he, uh, maybe at after five minutes, he she is shouting. He asked asked him, uh, "Could you could you be so so nice to sit down and we together see where is that uh, two complicated things." And and then she she calmly sit down there. Uh, uh, she explains him everything, and that's it. But at first she has to listen, to listen, and let him to throw that emotion. It's difficult because he's throwing at you. <laughs> <laughs> it, it would be better to him to throw it uh, somewhere, uh, somewhere in the woods dig the hole and shout in that hole like Indians do, and maybe write a story and so on. It's a not not good thing to, to throw it in the in people. But if you want to be a good communicator, you you can train how to stay centered when somebody shouted. I think the best way is try to understand empathetically. Why is shot? His old one is difficult really to him to understand new things. She stopped learning. She's in need help. But if you take it uh, personally, you can throw him back. You don't understand because you're not learning and so on. And then conflict goes to explosion and problem wouldn't be solved. Would you agree that... Uh... Ownership has such a big role to play. And what I mean by that is, for one, recognizing that I own my emotion. So whatever the situation was or whatever the person said, it's not them that actually created this emotion. It, it got created in me and, and it is mine. Meaning, of course, I can choose to maybe try to explode on another person, I can maybe dig that hole, but recognizing even before the release that it is mine, I own this emotion, no one actually caused it. It's such a big part of uh, actually choosing how you also want to maybe act, etc. Would you agree that ownership is really one of the key things in this? Yes, that's uh, yeah responsibility. When you are responsible for yourself, you are free. Freedom and responsibility have to be in one in one box. If you're not responsible for your emotions, then you are not free. Anyone can play with you, play with your emotion. Yeah. And another aspect that I also wanted to touch upon with you is that so. So when you, for example, accept that, okay, 
this situation, whatever happened, I have now this emotion, this emotion is mine. Uh, I own it. And one thing, of course, is if, if, if you are trying to explode on another person and that other person can try to neutralize your explosion with empathy and respect. That is one side. Another side, what if I, you know, have this emotion, I understand I own it, but the reason I'm not sharing it because I don't know if I will get in return that respect for this emotion. And I think this is also a very um, big topic in, in, in many of relationships. So, okay, I, I can express that I, I feel this emotion. I understand this is mine. I own it. But it, I don't know if when I share it, I will receive that empathy and respect, which may prevent me from sharing so how can person overcome that or you just have to accept the fact that you can't predict it, right? And just share it nevertheless. What would what would your thoughts be? Yes, yes. In the end of the sentence, you answer the question. I I can only try. Try. I express my emotion and even I allow him to answer with respect or without respect. He's busy. I'm sharing. And she's answering with respect. Okay, I'm sharing. He's answering with no respect. And my reaction to that no respect is also my responsibility. Yeah. He's different. He's not me. He sees the differently the world. I can try, but I can't control him. Other person. Mm-hmm. How do you think we can start to be more accepting of each other? Of course, communication plays such a huge part. If everyone is actually sharing their feelings and not waiting until it explodes, it already eliminates many conflicts. Do you believe that communication is the main thing? Or are there any other maybe advices or tips that could be helpful? so that people could learn to be more accepting of each other. Because people are different, they see the world differently. To understand each other, they have to accept other as, as he is. Until you accept him, there are two separate systems, me and him. So there is a wall between you and other. If you don't accept him, as she is now, because he grows in different circumstances, in different family, maybe different country. He uh, has different values, different attitude to the world. So why you don't accept? It's uh, for you good to accept him, even egoistically. I accept that other world and want to understand him more I want to hear from him about what I can't see, his thoughts, his attitudes, his, his experiences, his plans, and want to share my. We accept each other. And afterwards, we can continue, or if we don't fit to each other very much, and we understand it, we can separate. Indeed, you can't really make another person 
see the world or feel the world that you do and then accepting that and rather understanding the perspective of another is not only much more peaceful but also broadening your own perspective because we look to the world through our own lens for our own reality and it doesn't mean that everyone else does the same but if you can spend that time and give that space and understand the perspective of another we also enrich ourselves when and our understanding about the world yeah exactly my um, last question is uh, easy and fun <laughs> what emotion is most precious to you joy i think joy such a beautiful emotion it makes the entire reality seem different right it's impossible to be all the time enjoy yeah like you know like in the music there are and minor and the major tones so it's a music life is music but <laughs> In life, I have uh, a lot of joy, but when I play music, I like uh, um, more the minor emotion, uh, sad, sad uh, tones. So to feel joy, I have to know sadness. I love the comparison with the musical. I never thought about it that way. Yeah, beautiful. Andrus, thank you so, so much. It was really pleasant conversation and I truly enjoyed it. Are there any last words, any last tips, advices that maybe you would like to share or any thoughts with the listeners? Life isn't present. So be present. And in English is a good word. Yeah, present is be present and present is a something oh like a present yes like a gift be present for yourself and be present to others like this give yourself a present to be present <laughs> yeah 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 that's very good yeah thank you so much andres thank you nina ciao for now <laughs>